Welcome to Rawsome Parenting. It's Kathy and Lynn. This is a platform where parents can offload and say anything anonymously. If you have a story, we want to hear from you. Because parenting is raw, it's awesome, it's Rawsome. Welcome back to Ross and Parenting, everyone. I'm Lynn, and I'm here with the beautiful Kathy Ho. Hello. And we are on episode seven. Oh my gosh, time has flown, hey? Yep, lucky number seven. Lucky number seven. It seems like just yesterday that we were recording a million of episode number one. Yeah, episode number <laughs> one. Took forever. It, it did, but now we're here. Oh my gosh. And now we're heading into... Halloween, which is one of my favorite holidays of all time. I love it so much. So do I. Yeah. Are, actually, do you have any? My, yeah, my husband was born on that day. He's what? A Halloween baby. He's a ghoul. Yep, he is. He is. He's my ghoul. Yeah, that's awesome. No, I love Halloween. I love dressing up. I love having all the extra like little things you can play with. You know, you have all of these props and toys. And yep. speaking of toys, brings us to this episode. <laughs> I think uh, I think we've been pretty serious up to this point about parenthood and all of the things that people have I had to go through. And let's be honest, the last episode was like a really heavy topic. Yeah. So right? it was actually kind of perfect timing that we got this this letter here. Yeah. So I, it's I'm funny, excited. But we it, the listeners also need to know that it does get a little bit serious. But in the beginning, it's it's pretty funny. Okay. Well, why don't we just go ahead and share this this letter with them and see yes. what we can do with it. So brace yourself, guys. Uh, the title is <laughs> My Toddler Found My Sex Toy. And I'm going to get into it. Whew, let me take a deep breath here. <clears throat> I'm so embarrassed to share this, but this has caused some ruckus in my marriage. Whew, here goes. My husband and I were watching TV and my toddler came running out with my intimate toy, using it like a gun. I was shocked, embarrassed, and when I looked at my husband, he looked in shock too, but mostly upset. I'm not sure what's going on in his mind, but in my mind, my guilty conscience knows my husband, and I know I have not been intimate since our daughter came to earth. I think it is kind of funny, but my husband is not taking it well. He asked me, is this why we haven't been having sex lately? I have to compete with that? I don't know what to say because I resort to being funny when feeling embarrassed or feeling uneasy, but I want to be supportive in how he is feeling about our intimacy lately, which is non-existent. And I don't know why. I don't even have the time to use that toy. Please give me your opinions. Oh, lady. <laughs> well, my comedic side, for those of you who don't know, I'm actually a true comedian. I've done stand-up before. So for me, I just see humor all over this. Right. <laughs> yeah, me too. I think I think there's some pretty funny parts to it. So let, let's give it uh, let's give it some seriousness first. Or do you want to okay. go with the funny first? Well, I just think it's funny because uh, like I, I, it's so vivid in my mind, the image when she says, with my intimate toy, using it like a gun. And I'm just thinking about my son's personality and he would totally be doing something like that just unknowingly, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know a lot of children would do that. So it, that's the part that brings the humor in, I think. It's like, how how devastating is it to see your child run out with your toy and just using it like a gun. And you're like, yeah, I mean, it's supposed to shoot something. But 
That's how you got here, little man. Not the way that you think. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, it's funny. Yeah. So funny. And then she, you know, she, there's a, there's definitely awkwardness here because she's like, yeah. okay, like he comes out with this toy. And she's sitting there with hubby, and the two of them are just, what do you, What the heck do you do in this instance? First of all, you take the, the gun away from the child. Um, but second of all, dealing with the awkwardness of having to now explain to your husband why there's a toy there. Here's the thing, though, right? I wonder if he already knew to some extent that there was a toy in the house, because... I don't know about your marriage. I don't know how much privacy you have from each other. But when I was married and I was living, you know, in, I would just let my husband go into my drawers. I was like, just, I don't, I'm not hiding anything. I know for some couples, like that, that's the, they don't talk about their toys. Okay. Yeah. It's well. like, it's like almost like an embarrassment thing. Like they're afraid that their spouse, might know that they're pleasing themselves on the side, not to necessarily not offend the other person, but they just find it, it's like their own personal thing. They don't want to share it. Yeah, actually, you're right. Because I do recall, you know, being in a relationship and I walked in on my partner. He had just pulling up the porn and <laughs> hands were going down the pants and I opened the door, not as a sneaky, I was just coming into the room, but it's like, you know, that, that immediacy, that instinct, right? When you get caught doing something, it's like, <gasps> hands go <Yeah>. up, <laughs> screens closes down. So, and I, I, okay, well, chill out. Like, it's fine. If you want to do your thing, I'll leave you to it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't take it personally, but I understand. I understand how it can feel really personal, especially for this person's spouse, like, her husband thinks that this is something that he has to com- has to compete, compete with. with. Yeah. So I guess he's the one that's, you know, a little bit tight ass. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, maybe he is feeling a little bit like he's not getting the attention he needs. Maybe that's could be his love language is physical touch. Right. Right. Um, from a mother's standpoint, I know that I felt unsexy. Mm hmm. I, you know, I was, I was cut open. So I now have this like forever little flap over. Right. And not just that, like I had a, I had breastfed for 22 months. So think about that. Almost mm-hmm. two years, mm-hmm. my body felt foreign to me. It felt like a vessel to keep this little person alive. Yeah. So for me, it's not necessarily, I don't want to, you know, the listeners to listen in and think that, you know, my husband ain't getting any. Because, uh, <laughs> it's an important disclaimer. Yes. Important <laughs> disclaimer. Um, he is, he is, I'm, I'm doing my job now. But back then when he was, you know, still e- itty bitty age, two years old, uh, th- that's what it felt like for me. So if the husband is listening in, Please try not to take it personal, but I can see why you would. Um, That's how I felt. So hopefully this insight and perspective will give you a little bit better understanding of your wifey there. Right. I mean, I think it is important to touch base on the idea of birth, right? Because giving birth, even if it's a C-section, is extremely traumatic. In fact, I think the whole process of conception from beginning to end can be traumatic. There are so many changes to your body. You have no control over it, right? You can do as much as possible in order to sort of watch what you're eating and really get as much rest as possible. But the truth of the matter is your body doesn't belong to you anymore. It belongs, it does belong to you. Sorry, I want to restate that. 
it belongs to you, but you're now having to share that vessel, as you would call it, with another living, growing human being. And you're responsible for keeping them alive. That task alone can be traumatic. So, of course, once you've had your child, you don't feel good in your body. You don't feel like this is yours. And and it, it takes a lot for women to learn how to really love their body unconditionally in order to really you know, invite another person into that space. And so sexuality is going to be a huge topic and a huge hindrance if you don't feel like you've fully healed or recovered physically, mentally, emotionally from the process. And looking back, you know, I didn't know that that's what was going on for me. And now that I recognize it, I'm able to share it openly because it it might be happening for other people too, right? Agreed. Not necessarily, and it could be hormonal. It could, it, there's so many factors, right? Your, your body's completely changed after pregnancy. I mean, we're, it's, it's a major surgery. Right, right. right. Did you experience uh, any guilt when you weren't being intimate with your husband just after you had your child? Yeah, of course. And then my anxious mind was like, okay, well, you know, I even felt as bad as like thinking thoughts like, you know, if he went and, you know, got satisfied somewhere else like would I even be mad because like I'm not doing my job right now that's how that's how crazy some of these thoughts got right yeah and I knew when we were going spouts on end without actually trying and and you know god bless him too he didn't ever make me feel like pressured Mm. to ever do it and I love him so much for that because I you know have talks with some friends and you know they they get pressured whereas I did not so I really am blessed for that. And everyone has different sexual needs and his being physical touch. I, I realize now that I'm out of that zone, like that poor guy. <laughs> <laughs> poor guy. He had to do without while I was carrying a child for nine months and letting them suck on my city for 22 more months. I, I, I want to, I want to put my foot down on this. Uh, you know, there's a couple of things I heard you say that I think a lot of women are saying, and I, and this is not about female empowerment. It's just about the choice of words that really matter because I do work with people on changing the dialogue, right? For sure. And you know, that's what I love about you because I, that's a, that's a blind spot of mine. I know that I used to be really unkind to myself with my words and you actually pointed out, you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We were talking one time and you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Did you hear everything you just said? I was like, what? And then you're like, everything you just said, like, would you ever say that to any of your other friends? And I was like, I don't know if you remember this conversation. Yeah, of course. And I was like, yeah, no, I wouldn't. And then I kind of got teary eyed. And then you're like, yeah, you're really unkind to yourself with your words. And I'm like, oh, my God, thank you for catching that. Yeah. And I think they're us there because I really believe it. We've been conditioned growing up to think a few different things that, you know, honestly, I wonder where the fuck everyone got this information from. First of all, (laughs) people saying that sexuality is so taboo, right? In my family, it was so taboo. We didn't talk about it. And I remember the first time we did say something, have something said about sex. It was so uncomfortable. And I'm not somebody who's uncomfortable with sex at all. I'm comfortable with it, but I don't want to talk about it with the people in my family, I think it's weird. But if you think about it, your first lessons about anything in life comes from home. So if at home, 
you aren't having honest and real and open conversations about just sexuality in general, right? Well, just and, anything in general. I mean, we talked about that in our last episode about, you know, just talking about things and communication and everything should be talked about. It we shouldn't just need be to normalize it. We need to normalize Norm- it. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. so here's the thing. When you say your job, you were you aren't doing your job. I think women in general get put into this box where they think that, Sex is, the man is just entitled and deserving of sex in a relationship because that's what, because it's a primitive thing, because it's his animalistic instinct and we have to please them. You know what? I, if I'm with the right partner, I want to have sex with you. We'll hump like rabbits. I'm fine with that. And the thing is, if I don't feel loved for, if I don't feel cared for, if I don't feel good in my body, which has nothing to do with you, I want to have sex. And it's not because I don't want to fulfill my duty. It's not my duty. I just don't want to have sex and it has nothing to do with you per se. It more has something to do with me and how I haven't resolved what my vessel feels like. That's all it is, right? So I really want to encourage women out there who are saying this subconsciously, not even realizing that this is what it sounds like when you say it out loud. I'm like, excuse me, are you paying me? Are you paying me in orgasms? I don't know how I'm getting paid in this, but (laughs) guess what? Nine times out of 10, I'm not. That's so funny. Right? And you know what? Like I said, I'm so glad that you pointed that out because I didn't even realize that that's what it sounded like. And that's a perfect example as uh, of, um, difference in perspectives so for me I said it but it didn't mean that way for me but when you heard it you heard it a different way and it's just like wow okay yeah and I think the the reason why that's important to even recognize is because if I heard it that way what other men are hearing it that way and then it becomes an idea that gets really internalized and it and it becomes so concrete in somebody's brain that they say it is your job as my partner your job as my partner is to please me. And that's not the job. Intimacy, it has so many layers to it. And it's not just about putting a penis in the vagina no, or wherever it is that you feel like you want to put it. It's Intimacy is about really being able to so- hold someone's heart and say, I've got you, right? You don't, yes. love your, you don't love your body right now? Okay, how can we, how can we get there? What can we do so that you can begin to love your body again? Not for me, but for you. And that's, that's what it comes down to. And that's what's so great about my husband, right? He was able to do that for me. So I never felt pressured. It was more of like, for me, it's a guilt thing because I, being the giver that I am, I want to obviously fulfill his needs too, but I just didn't know how to get out of that mindset, right? In that particular moment. So like I said earlier, it felt like a vessel to me. It didn't feel like something that was sexual. I was keeping this kid alive. Right. And that's right. That was my that was my whole anxiety around it, too, was was keeping this child alive. No, of course. And and it does. Everything comes down to survival. Even the this writer, you know, she says that she uses humor as a coping mechanism, as a survival tactic. And I know what that's like. I, I do that all the time. So for her to say this, I get it because here's the situation. They haven't been intimate. Right. She says they, they haven't been intimate. She doesn't even have time to use her toy. So the fact that she even has two tools at her disposal, a real one and a fake one, and she doesn't have time or any desire to use it. It's to really say, OK, here's the serious part. Let's check in with what's going on with me. Mentally, what's going on that 
what's wrong with my brain health? Because I love how Jessica Rose said in her, the last episode with us, she uses the word brain health, right? What is going on with my brain health? And is it is it deteriorating? Is it thriving? How can I improve it at this point so that I can really identify what's going on for me and my intimacy with my husband? Because yes, she is. She's feeling guilty about him uh, feeling badly about the situation. And while she's doing that, my question is, who's feeling bad for her? Right? If you're worrying about your toddler and you're worrying about your husband, who's worrying about you as the mother of a toddler? That's a valid question. When you say that, like, I don't think there was ever a time where I even asked, like, who's taking care of me during the first two and a half years, I would say. It was not until two and a half years onwards was when I started to realize, like, okay, I'm starting to feel more like myself. And when you start to feel more like yourself, you look back and you kind of just reflect, wow, I really wasn't myself until you start getting there. And when she, when this writer says um, she turns to being humorous in uncomfortable situations, I do the same. I did the same when I was feeling this way. Yeah. Was it helpful? It was helpful in the moment, but again, you, you, are really someone that really helped me dig deep. I dug deep. I'm like, why do I joke around about that? What about this situation is making me feel uncomfortable where I have to resort to being funny? Because intimacy is is a very tough place to go to with a partner. It's like on the one hand, you can joke and just say, okay, I'm not getting any. We haven't been having sex. We're not bumping the uglies, blah, blah, blah. You know, there's so many different terms that we can, yeah, yeah. We, we can put in there to create some sense of humor to it. But, and then you think about the fact that you, when the time comes, you actually are going to be naked, skin to skin with somebody. And, and, and you want to feel sexy. You want to be in the moment and just really enjoy it because when it's done right, it's mind blowing, right? You're just you're out of body experience. You just want more. You can't get enough, and and so I mean, when you think about good intimacy, when it's really pure, who wouldn't want it? You know, one of my takeaways of of this particular letter here is to I think it's very important for a lot of us to really reevaluate what intimacy means to each of us. Because I used to think that being in a relationship, if you were with somebody and you were really happy, it meant that you were having sex all the time. That's what I thought. And then I got into a relationship and then we weren't having sex all the time. And so my narrative was like, this this must mean that we're not okay. Right? Ah. That was That was the measure of a successful relationship to me at the time. But now as I'm older and I've evolved from all of that, I know that intimacy is different now. You know, you can sit with somebody who you deeply care about, just hold their hand, eyes closed, nobody says a word. And in that moment, you can feel love. You can feel joy. You can feel connected and that's intimate, right? And so... What I would encourage this writer to do is to actually sit down and evaluate what intimacy is for both her and her partner. If they can, if they can figure that out and really start off small, and and learn to develop trust and comfort around touching each other, it might help her to feel 
more enticed or more comfortable in her own skin if this is the case. Maybe she's just tired all the time. Maybe she's avoiding it. I don't know what the reason is, but I, I, I do have a huge assumption around the idea that she just doesn't feel good intimately. Like she doesn't feel sexy or she doesn't feel like she's going to be sexy, you know, because she just had a child. She's gone through a lot of trauma. So, you know, you have this toy. <laughs> let your let your spouse play with it. <laughs> I don't know. Like let them right? let them play with your toy. You know, like there's a lot of different things. And get I actually creative. get creative with it. Like maybe maybe you're not ready for like I'm going to get really graphic. Maybe you're not ready for, you know, the, the penetration with your husband yet. Maybe you're not there yet, but maybe the two of you can play around and like let him use your toy on you or just at least like have it between the two of you so you can like talk about intimacy and, and and laugh about it together not where you're just laughing as a defense mechanism but surely there are other ways of integrating intimacy between the two of you so that you can really begin to build the rapport and the trust around that topic together um my takeaway would probably be have that open dialogue right and because as you're saying that i feel like a really great book to read or even just do the free online thing is the five love languages. There's actually a free test that you can do. You answer a few questions and then you get to see each other's love language because that changes over time too, right? So in the beginning when my husband and I did it, his was um, physical touch and acts of service. And then it became different after like six, seven years, we tried doing it again. And same thing for me, mine had already changed too. So I find that really helpful when we kind of get away from our foundation and kind of veer off a little bit on our own ways um, to get back to the basics again, to do that test online. So that would kind of be my takeaway. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And I I think that speaks to the piece of just reestablishing your identity because because who this woman was prior to having a baby is going to be different than who she is now. So let's let's get acquainted with ourselves, take some tests, you know, do some fun things together with your spouse. And, and uh, sure, you know, I think in due time, you will find your way back to that. Actually, I lied. I have one more. Go on date nights, too. That mm. is so important. So important without the kid. Yeah. So time away Super from... Important for the foundation just time away together yeah i love it that's a really nice recommendation for sure well that that rounds it up for this subject i mean it's not as heavy as last week but i still think it's an important one to talk about because out there somewhere are you uh people who have toys laying around for children to find put them in high spots my friends and until next time parenting is raw it's awesome It's awesome. Take good care. Bye. Bye.